I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz. I'm David Kosh. Great to have your company broadcasting live from our Brangaroo studios. You've tuned in to the call 60 Minutes, uh, where we analyse 10 stocks that uh, you'd like us to have a look at. I put them to our expert panel and I had in a stock of the day. Today, uh, the panel is Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets in WA. Carl, good afternoon to you. Good to see you. Hi, Koshi. How are you? All well over here. Happy good. to be on again. Excellent. And Josh Barker from Macro Capitals with us. Josh, good to have you aboard as Thanks. well. Thanks for having me. A lot to get through today. I'm going to do something a bit different with stock of the day, but just a quick question without notice. Uh, Carl, what's your chart saying about the American share market? Big night last night. Is it a bear yep. market trap or is it the bottom <laughs> and the bounce off? Uh, well, it, look, I have to classify it as a bear market rally until right. I get evidence to the contrary. So, okay. yes, it is still a bear market rally uh, because we've just got uh, really a couple of little candles going back up. Yep. And, you know, two candles do, does not a sustainable rally make. So what I need to see, yes, more white candles. That's great. All the ones with the lower shadows. But preferably we need to see uh, uh, a, bit, a bit more. So higher peaks and higher troughs. OK, so uh, bear markets all about sell the rally. Uh, something's gone up. Great opportunity to get out. All markets all about buy the dip, all right. about FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, so on those pullbacks, we tend to come in. And that's what I need to see. So higher peaks, higher troughs, a few more white candles, uh, but then there's a few other things need to happen. So yeah, mm. for now, let's just say, um, great, there's a little bit of a bounce. Let's see how it progresses okay. from there. All right, a bit too early. Um, let's yes. just look at the first first five stocks we're going to cover in our initial half hour. Uh, rice growers, Silex, Poseidon, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? Uh, the Lottery Company and also Booktopia. Um, but today, for stock of the day, I thought we'd look at a sector or a commodity uh, on the day that the Queensland State Government said it will hike coal royalties uh, after a 10-year hiatus. The Queensland Government hiked coal royalties in their state budget, higher than expected, with three new progressive tiers added to the current royalty scheme, introducing a royalty rate of up to 40% at the higher end at current spot prices Queensland has the highest coal royalty rates in the world. Some of the companies potentially impacted by the decision, you know, the BHPs, the Stanmore Coal, Bowen Coking Coal, New Hope. New Hope. So uh, after the commodity has run hot, the politicians are putting their grubby little fingers all over it. So, you know, is it going to impact the, the share performance, Josh? What do you reckon? Well, obviously, anything coming out of their bottom line is going to impact them in the, in the longer term. Uh, and it's important to keep in mind the the big thing in the markets right now is, is the, the Fed and interest rate story. Um, and that's on the back of having to, I guess, unravel all the supportive measures that were from monetary policy yep. during COVID. We're kind of seeing the same on the fiscal side. So obviously, government's pumped out a lot of money, helping out businesses that needed it during that period. And now they're going to have to start to claw back some of that, some of that money. And, and personally, I think going, going for the coal aspect and given it's such a high commodity price at the moment, having that tier structure does make sense. Obviously, the companies aren't going to like it. BHP yep. uh, has already come out and said that they're, they're opposed to it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, their profits will be able to handle any, any sort, of, uh, you know, sort of hit to that. Probably the most impacted is going to be the smaller companies that do have a lot more exposure to the, the Queensland area, um, such as Deterra, uh, also have Stanmore and uh, uh, Conorado Global. So those are, those are the smaller plays that obviously don't have such as healthy profit margins and also other commodities to protect their earnings as well. Right. Uh, they're going to be most impacted by, by those plays as well. But for the time being, coal, coal stocks are up today. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, I was going to say that, Carl. Uh, White, Whitehaven is just dipped into the uh, 
into the red, uh, not by much, it's down, down a cent and a half in the last couple of minutes, but BHP's up and uh, a lot of the smaller coal stocks up as well. Um, yep. Uh, what do you think about the impact of the royalty and, and on coal stocks generally? Yeah, well, well, more generally, I, mean, I still like coal stocks. I mean, the, the price of coal itself hasn't changed, so it's still trading around about $388, $390 a tonne. Um, and so we're still talking supersized profits. Of course, you know, politicians like to get their fingers on some of those profits when they're around. Um, and I, I guess maybe uh, so, some of the problem is that if coal prices fell, then the royalties are still going to be there, right? And that's yeah. ultimately what the market needs to respond to. Um, but I, I still think they're going to move more on this supersized coal price than anything else. I think, you know, and I had a good look at that coal chart today. It just looks so solid. It just looks impervious to attack. And you have to wonder how a lot of these issues all over the world now are going to be resolved anytime soon. They're probably not. So on that basis, I think that sort of the medium term view is still good, even though we've had this short term hiccup. Looking at some of the charts, and you know, we sort of mentioned um, Coronado, mentioned uh, Bowen Coke and Coal BCB. That's, um, you know, that's probably had the biggest price impact. Uh, but uh, Terracom's got an operation out there, Koshi. That's one we yep. talk about quite a bit. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember something on the Stanmore Resources. That's another one as well. Um, so, look, we're, we're talking, and I'll just use Stanmore because it's the chart that's up. So, 280, 290, down to as low as 150. So, we're talking a halving in value uh, and now bouncing. That one's bounced from you know, about 50 cents from 150, so about 30% recovery. So, I think a lot, I think it's kind of, you know, what the market is good at doing is discounting this stuff. So, it's yep. basically, well, we analyze it, we adjust the price, and then we get on with the business of everything yeah. else, which is what I talked about before. So I think it's okay. I'm looking at, say, Stanmore. I think it's a pretty good pullback. It's pulled back to its long-term um, uptrend zone, and today's welcome, uh, bounce is welcome. So I, I can go a hold on a lot of these on the basis yeah. of their long-term trends, but the next thing for me will, will, will be to see how they respond after a bit of a rally. So if we, if we get a bit of a rally, and, and, and they kind of hang up there and hold that rally really well. I, I still think we sort of buy the dip accumulation, focus on the big picture. But if we get that rally and then we get a bunch of black candles, that's what viewers need to watch out for now because that's telling me, okay, well, we're not buy the dip anymore, we sell the rally. Right. And again, that's that key bear market mentality. So look, I, I think they're a hold for now, but everything's on notice in that sector. Okay, all right. Let's get into the uh, stocks you want us to have a look at. And Josh, um, Sylvie wants a view on rice growers. Mm. Uh, Sunrise Rice, uh, of course, they uh, um, basically built the Australian rice industry, didn't they, um, all those years ago. Um, they source uh, grain from uh, not only here but also around the world. Um, it's an agricultural play. They mm. seem to be in fashion, fashion at the moment. Is rice growers one of them? Yeah, definitely. It seems like it's uh, you know, followed the trend of a lot of those agricultural stocks. It's basically trading at its um, all-time or recent high anyway. So um, it seems to be in a bit of an uptrend and, and obviously in a bit of an upgrade cycle. You know, They grew their earnings by about 32% um, and their net profit by about 38%. So the business is, is moving along quite nicely. Um, obviously, there's a lot of companies that are in that agricultural space um, and we've seen just a consistent upgrade in earnings cycles and they've you know a lot of them elders new farm ipl they're all in great uptrends um yep. even one of the other stocks on the call today um so it's just a matter of you know how many how many agricultural stocks can you possibly <laughs> have in your portfolio when they all look so good and they're each benefiting from each other's um upgrades and, and strong earnings so right. you know we're seeing one report well the others move in line so it's been caught up with the whole sector going yeah across. exactly it hasn't been left behind yeah yep. and i think uh given where we are in the market as carl mentioned um, you know, the um, buyer sentiment may not be there. So I'd be more inclined in this in market environment to be trimming or selling things that are at the top mm. of the range okay. um, and buying things that have been dragged down with the market that are still strong companies as well. So okay. I'd be more active in taking profits taking towards profits. the top of the range given the market. We're not right. in a breakout market by any means, barely even, you know, sort of in a flat market. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I would be yeah more inclined okay. to hold or trim this one if you've got it. Uh, Carl? Rice growers? Yeah, no, I love I love the uptrend. So I'm buy at the top of the range, you know? Right. <laughs> that's that's when I like to get them. Uh, and this one's certainly doing that. The chart looks fantastic. So uh, just just 
on the basis of the chart itself, uh, just punching it in here, um, it looks good. Looks, oh, it's a little bit down today, but the overall trend is is fantastic. So, um, but you know, in terms of the ag stocks, um, so you know, like a Grain Corp, a New Farm, even St Elders, uh, they've they've actually uh, had you know some pretty decent downturns over the last month and a half or so. And now, obviously, the broader market's not doing great, and and maybe some of it's explained there. But this one actually uh, is still pointing up. So I actually think it's beating a lot of the other ones. I think there's some good reasons for it. I think there's a lot of tailwinds in terms of the underlying business. Obviously, um, you know, it needs a lot of water. You need a lot of water to grow rice. And back uh, a couple of years ago, when, you know, Australia you know, the, the the whole sector was gripped by drought. You know, it had its second lowest yield on record, uh, order of magnitude 45, I'm going to say off the top of my head, 1,000 tonnes of rice. Well, they're going to produce 417,000 tonnes of rice um, this year and then about 600,000 next year, right? So uh, the, definitely there's some tailwinds there. Um, it's it's not that expensive. It's not about uh, sort of 12 times this year's earnings, um, 11 times next year's earnings, and that compares really favourably to some of those other agricultural stocks. And you've got a dividend yield of about 5% and some upside there as well, fully frank. So um, I look at this as number one. There's, it's got some great tailwinds on the fundamentals. It doesn't look expensive, and the chart seems to be re- reflecting those things. So, you know, net balance, demand, supply, um, there's excess demand. So I'm going to go I'm going to go buy on this one, actually. I think it looks pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, it, it could be that ag stock alternative in your portfolio, or it's just, I think it's fine. It's just one of those longer-term self-managed super fund picks. Um, the pullback of the other ag, ag stocks, is that, uh, are they building a base at this next level? Is, are they worth looking at, or...? Yeah, I think I think Grain Corp's okay. Um, right. I'd put it in the okay category. I think the long term trend is fine. I think New Farm, the trend is 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 done and dusted. That's right. over. That's that's downtrend stuff now. Uh, and Elders, I think, is really at risk as well of moving right. into okay. a downtrend. So, if, if like if you're screaming out for an X stock right now, then um, uh, this one is the one to go. Isn't it? Okay. All right, uh, Josh. Uh, a next stock that uh, viewers want to view on is uh, is Silex. The uh, um, basically, the uranium enrichment uh, business, yep. new generation, sort of, sort of like a uranium tech stock, isn't it? Yeah, doing laser beams for yeah. uranium uh, building of plants, which is obviously you know, something that's coming more and more into favour with this yep. energy crisis. Um, it's interesting. I was expecting a lot of the stocks to um, be, you know, quite beaten up on on, on, the, on the show today with the market, but. Um, Last two stocks seem to be both trading at, at all-time highs, which is uh, interesting. So viewers are looking mm. at uh, if they're involved in them, uh, doing, doing well on those those positions anyway. So it, it is a bit of a decision point, um, being very close to that top of the range. It's basically a monitor whether it's going to pull back or break out from here. Again, Carl mentioned he likes to buy the breakouts more so, and it's just it's what makes the market so good is there's different types of uh, investors looking yeah. to buy at different types different times. So um, I think this does have the potential to break out, um, given it's in the right area. It's, it's appealing to two key macro themes. You know, it does do a lot of the global ship, uh, chip shortages as well. Um, and then also that renewable energy play and leaning into that. Uh, the company's doing well. Look, they're still not making pro- uh, earnings at this stage. So um, I guess it does depend on how the market takes to that in our next cycle. But uh, yeah, I think, I think this one's definitely fine for a hold if, right. if you're involved in it. Okay. Uh, Carl, you don't see uh, many stocks on the market at the moment at a five-year high. Do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, think about what that says. So, yeah. you know, as bad as everything is right now, um, uh, well, two factors. One, the money that's out there, let's face it, money out there is pretty scared right now. What's it buying? Well, nothing, just about, but it's buying this. So that says a lot about the confidence that uh, the cash on the sidelines has in this company. And then you've got um, the, the people who own the shares. So, I mean, supply and demand, there's two parts of it. Obviously, there's cash on the sidelines, but people who own the shares, and let's face it, a lot of people who own shares, Koshi, over the last couple of weeks have been selling like crazy because they're nervous, yet the shareholders of Silex are holding on. They, they, they don't want to get out. And, uh, you know, they're having to be enticed to sell uh, by the demand side, pushing price up and up and up to try and get them to sell some of their shares. Um, so it does speak volumes for, uh, you know, the, the excess demand and, and sentiment towards the stock. And if I was just to look at the chart on this, I would say buy straight out. Right. And I probably should leave it there. But I do like to look at what companies do. <laughs> the companies great charts. I thought there could before. be a but coming. <laughs> you know, but I told you, this is my trading style. Yeah. So I find great charts and then yeah. I like to investigate why they might be great. And there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great stuff about this. There's a lot of people who are devoted to this stock. So they might get a bit cranky if I, if I say anything bad about it. 
Um, but it's, I just think that the commercialization, uh, if we get there, is a long way out. So we're talking, you know, 2027 to 2030 before anything's going to happen. Right. Um, but uh, don't look at the uranium price at this one. Look at the price of enriched uranium because that's really what they're targeting to do. So um, I could talk a whole hour about this one, but I won't. So they've got this um, project in, in the USA where they're working with the Department of Energy to process the, the, the old tailings there to um, uh, enrich those for nuclear reactors. But then the laser beams, that, that's all about um, the really high enrichment, all right? And that stuff is potentially going to go into the small modular reactors. That's the really long-term stuff. That's the really attractive stuff. Uh, but it, 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 it's all still, it's so conceptual at the moment. There's one mm. working small modular reactor in Russia. Yeah. Um, so I think this could be amazing, but I just think it's a long way out. And the problem with that is that charts go up and down in the meantime. Um, and I've probably said too much. Let me just rewind to what I said at the start is charts going up, it's a buy. Oh, so you're going to stick with the buy? I'm going to stick with okay. the buy. Okay. I All have right. to stop. I, so thought, every time, I thought you were talking yourself out of it up, then. <laughs> no, I'm not. Every, this is the lesson. Every time I ignore my technicals, it ends up terribly. I should have just right. followed them. Okay. So. Right. Take the emotion out of it. Chart looks great. All right. Okay. Um, Josh, Tanya wants to view... What I should say then, look, obviously then it's going to be a buy for somebody who can follow the chart. So this is not just stick it in your self-managed super fund and come uh, come back and look at it in 10 years. It's a momentum play. So you need to be that sort of investor. Okay. All right. Um, Josh, Tanya wants to view on Poseidon Nickel. Uh, Tanya says the company's share price is halved, like the rest of the market. Um, but it's down double the drop in nickel prices. Uh, Tanya says, I don't currently own this stock, but was looking at getting in for a trade. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think in terms of looking to track the nickel price, um, it's very much on the speculative end. And it has had a few issues as as to why it's underperformed the the nickel price directly. Um, They do have about 15% of their nickels from Russia. So anything sort of exposed to that is is going to invoke fear. They're also um, still in production phase, so they're actually not making any nickel yet. They haven't earned a cent in earning uh, in revenues. Sorry. So I think just given the market and uh, you know the more speculative end of this, I don't think it's a good play to track the price of uh, nickel. And it might be a good company on its own, but again, they're not going to start production until late 23. Right. Um, So you know if you're looking to play. The more bounce in, in nickel, I'd, I'd be more inclined to go some one of a blue chip that's producing, that's revenue positive, probably right. paying a dividend as well, like nickel mines in okay. this case. And uh, yeah, don't catch the falling off in this one. Okay. So, yeah. uh, Carl? Yeah, well, chart looks terrible, doesn't it? But I don't know, it it's kind of feels kind of cheap down here. Um, and, and I guess that's the theme, isn't it? And, and, and you know, in this sort of market, that's what viewers want to hear. They want to hear, well, what's cheap? What can I put some money into that if I if I have the patience, you know, might be double, triple if it just gets yep. back to where it was uh, in, you know, six to 12 months time. So look, I get it. I get the interest in, in these and a few others we're going to talk about today. Uh, I think the thing that's disappointed the market the most about this is they keep pushing out when that production is going to start. And even just um, they're working on the bankable feasibility study at the moment, doing things like um, engineering, metallurgical test work. Uh, and the, the final investment decision, the go, no, go is based upon that. And um, at the start of the year, when I looked at this, they said May, it's June, and we still don't have it. And we don't right. even have a date for when it might occur. In the meantime, they're burning cash and they're kind of getting a bit low on cash. So we might see capital raising maybe in the next sort of six to 12 months. Uh, and then they've got to raise a bunch of money to get this um, to get everything back into production anyway. So look, there there are some risks. It's easy to look at this on on you know do a first pass and say there's got to be this great nickel mine uh, and nickel prices are up yeah. and therefore this looks cheap. But you know there, there are the, the the whole economics of getting a mine uh, into life yeah. uh, to, to to deal with in the meantime. So look, I, I can see a reason to hold it if I if I didn't look at the chart based upon what I know about this project. But looking at that chart, I can't see a reason why you yep. buy it. And and it's um, you know an existing producer is just a lot simpler, isn't it, to to figure out and a fair, fair bit more certainty to it. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. with certainty, there's there's less upside as well. So mm. you know it's risk reward. So with this one, um, if it goes right, there could be bags right. in it. Um, but you're taking that risk. Yep. Um, 
Uh, Brad wants a view, Carl, on the lottery company. Uh, Brad says, mm. looking for a reliable, solid investment. I thought the recent spin-off out of uh, Tabcorp. Um, monopoly yep. business, reliable earnings, compounding growth, growing online reach. Um, I would imagine it may become a takeover target in the future for super funds. Nadi Australian Super yep. and BlackRock have joined the share register. Um, what do you think of the lottery company? Yeah, well, Brad's nailed it. I don't need to add anything to what Brad has said. Um, there's nothing really to speak of in terms of uh, track record at the moment, obviously because it's a new listing. Um, but they're all very, very high level, um, you know, facts. I think uh, at this stage, and, and then these assets are, are very attractive for certain types of investors. So if Brad, is, and this is the message, if Brad is that type of investor. Uh, then I can't see any reason why Brad wouldn't own it. Now, I'm not that type of investor. So obviously I like trends, I like momentum. I don't have a chart yet, so it's impossible to comment on the technicals right. on that. It's a new listing. Uh, but I do like, when I look at my fundamentals, I do like to pay a good price for growth in the business. So uh, the, the earnings growth on this, we're talking about sort of, um, you know, five to 10% per annum, and it's probably gonna do that quite easily over the next, say, three to five years, okay? And for a company that's growing its earnings to that degree, and that's a pretty modest level of growth, right? I mean, I wanna see growth 20, 30, 40% beyond, okay? They're, they're, the, they're the sort of growth rates that excite me. Now they're a little bit riskier as well, right? But this is gonna be solid, reliable, set your watch by earnings growth. But for that sort of growth, I'm thinking I'd pay 10, 12, maybe 15 times earnings for that sort of growth. Yep. Here you're paying 27 times yeah. earnings. Next year, it's about 26. So I get all the things that Brad's saying. If he's that type of investor, I think he can go for it. It just doesn't suit me and it wouldn't suit many of my clients who are looking for growth. Right, so a bit expensive there, Josh. Mm. I, I, it's not a buy from me, no. Well, it's the, the Tabcorp spin-off, and I guess um, looking into the more fundamentals of, of Tabcorp, it was the best part of their business. That mm. seemed to be the case and the best performer. Outside of that, they had the, the media and the gaming services, which were really quite struggling. Interestingly enough, since the spin-off, Tabcorp's actually um, gone higher in, in the market. So that's, uh, I guess, we, we, what we would do in those sort of situations if we're a holder of Tabcorp is... Um, or if we were looking to buy this company or Tabcorp, we just wait until the uh, demerger has completely gone through. And I think given it's the stronger part of the Tabcorp, I'd, I'd be happy to buy this. You're getting very similar price without taking that risk of the demerger yep. um, and it falling off on the back of that. Um, macroeconomically, you know, if you're concerned about a, an economic slowdown or anything like that, lottery and gambling uh, tend to hold up really quite well in those periods. So um, I think you've got the overall um, sort of macroeconomic themes on your side. And, you know, it's very hard to see how this business is going to go fundamentally on its own. Um, again, you've got to wait. Some people will just purely wait until the market yep. yeah, stands on its own legs. Similar thing to, you know, um, the, the Coles and Endeavour Group demerger. People just wait a year or so. Yep. Uh, but I think if you're, if you're you know, really keen to get exposure, I'd be happy to add this as a buy, um, especially now that it's gotten rid of the things that were weighing Tabcorp down. Yep. Mm. Okay. Uh, Derek Josh wants a view on Booktopia. Derek says, share price has fallen from three bucks to 18 cents in less than a year mm. on low volumes, generates high revenue, albeit small profit. Is it a buy at these levels? If not, what po at what point is it cheap? Mm. Or are companies like this whose share price falls so much so quickly a risk of failure or, or delisting? Well, I think the question really highlights uh, the analysis that you should look into. You're kind of looking at, okay, am I going to make 220 times of my money on this one or am I going to lose it all? And that's really the decision you're trying to make with Booktopia. Yeah. So um, yeah. I actually recall this company looked to approach us for their IPO uh, prior to listing and the valuations were very high at that stage. Um, you know, they were valued basically like they were the next Amazon. And when they came onto the market, they, they held up reasonably um, considering and they actually looked to um, smash their um, prospectus earnings that they were targeting. But then I guess since then, um, it really has taken a turn and uh, you know it's on the back of um, them set to have a, a dip in earnings uh, in 2022. So a little of that cost constraints as well. Um, there's, there's definitely something amiss in the, in the business yeah. right so now. I, I was going to say, a lot of companies mm. are saying they're going to miss earnings or they've got supply chain issues. Yeah. 
That's None have a chart like that. <laughs> yep. And it hasn't come and out with any, anything. $3 to 19 cents. Yeah, it hasn't come out with anything that's, you know, overly overly negative. You know, right. it hasn't got a court case pending. It hasn't, you know, right. been been defrauding anyone or anything like that. It's 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 been doing, um, you know, fairly fairly consistently with what they outlined in their prospectus. But, uh, yeah, I guess when the smoke, there's fire. Um, okay. So the, the question is... Do you want to risk 100% of your money by yep. buying this one? Because that's what's really at stake here. It can go completely to zero. Would you? And, uh, no, no, I wouldn't okay. touch it. It's not my investment style. Uh, Carl? Yeah, I mean, you can see from the chart, it's it's definitely not my style. Yeah. But, you know, hey, uh, you know, I get, I get put on this show to, to really... Yeah. Um, you know, to really understand the business. And what struck me at the moment is that there's, it's a 26 million market cap, which I just, honestly, I would not have picked that um, for, for a brand like Booktopia. If you wanted to buy it, you can only pay 26 million. Uh, there is a bit of a problem. There's about 40 million worth of debt there as well. Right. Okay, so, um, and I'm trying to pick out the traps that uh, viewers might fall into uh, when they're doing analysis. They might go, okay, $3.18, uh, 26 million must be cheap. Well try and dig a little deeper as well. The other thing, the other problem is, and this is what the market um, doesn't like in general, okay, is when you have very, very fine margins. So we're talking about, you know, two or 3% margins overall, uh, where, you know, compare it to say a software as a service business, they're targeting 80% margins, you know, 85% yeah. margins. So razor thin margins, which makes you vulnerable when things go wrong. Now, what could go wrong? Well, I'll tell you what went right, COVID, COVID went right, we stayed at home, we, 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 uh, we've probably read a lot of books, uh, no doubt, and we, we bought them from Booktobia. Uh, but then the next part of the COVID um, problem was the supply chain, okay, yeah. uh, and inflation. And of course, you know, when, you, when your margins are so thin, you only need a small negative impact on that side of things to really blow a hole in your investment case and that's what happened so we've said three dollars 18 cents will it go under i don't know i, I can't say I, nothing in the financials suggests to me it's going to go under right there they're starting to bounce back a little bit in terms of their earnings and firm things up uh, we saw tony nash who's the founder of the business uh, buy about three hundred seventy thousand dollars worth at 45 cents goshi wow. so he's underwater on that now of course he owns another 20 million shares obviously he's still got a big stake in the business he's just stepped aside a couple of other board members have gone as well that's never a good look um, but maybe new CEO, uh, look, I've probably gone on too long about this, but you know what I'm going to say at the end of this, the chart looks terrible and I can't buy it. But yeah. um, let me just say for somebody like um, Derek, who's looking at this with different eyes to me, and I have to respect yeah. that, um, I, I don't think it's going to go under if that maybe helps Derek's investment case. Right. Sort of, um, and a lot, what do they call them, vulture investors, where they look for... Yeah, uh, companies that just absolutely get smashed, but you know, are not going to fail and and have a reasonable business yeah. beneath it. Yeah, and that's and that's how I'd classify it, a reasonable business. But it is, you know, it's a right. small fish. It's competing against eBay's yeah. and Amazon's yeah. and you know everyone else yeah. out there. So not much of a you know, that, that but that's a yeah separate issue. Okay, all right. Let's take a look at uh, the first five stocks and our stock of the day, uh, which were uh, coal stocks. Uh, by Josh and Carl um, saying, even with the change in the Queensland and royalties, if you're in coal stocks, they're worth holding at the moment. Uh, rice growers, uh, Josh it's had a great run in share price. Josh is recommending take some profits. Carl sees it as a buy because it's got really uh, good momentum in that uh, ag sector. Uh, Silex, a buy from Carl, uh, a hold from Josh. Uh, Poseidon, a no from both. If you want to get into that nickel area, they both say uh, invest in existing producers, somebody like, like Nickel Mines. Um, uh, the Lottery Company, a yes from Josh, a no from Carl, and a no to Booktopia from both of them. Um, here on the call, we're tracking our own High Conviction Fantasy Fund, which is picked by our investment committee. Latest episode of the committee meeting, you can watch at osbiz.com. So let's check the portfolio update. Uh, the most recent committee added Wes Farmers, Elders and ResMed, uh, shifting the original allocations. Keep sending in your requests um, for the call because that's the first filter to get up into the investment committee to consider. 
At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. This half hour, we're going to take a look at Cochlear, uh, Diatreme Resources, Brainchip, Australian Agricultural Company, and Horizon. And uh, Josh, uh, Jill wants a view on Cochlear, mm. saying, is it time to be looking at healthcare stocks? If so, is there much upside for Cochlear, or should I look at smaller players? Mm. I think the short answer is yes, it is the time to start looking at healthcare as we get into the sort of ne next economic cycle, um, probably due to benefit with that slowing economic cycle and just um, being very stable in terms of, I guess, their requirement from, from consumers. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily look at looking at smaller players is, is the best way to go. I think just looking at different players um, came on the, the show um, a couple of weeks ago and spoke about ResMed. Yep. Um, both of both of us experts had it as a buy and I believe that would have put it through. So I think ResMed's uh, a much better option right now. Um, Cochlear's fine. Look, it's probably a hold at best. It's just probably not the best company in that sector right now. It's It's been on a phenomenal run over the, the five, 10 year period. Yep. Um, but on a one year basis, it's down about 22%. Um, it's five-year earnings, and, and this is one that people may have the, the conception that it's a really strong performer over a five-year period. I certainly did before, yeah. I guess, looking into it a little bit more. But in a five-year period, it's made about 20%, 22, including dividends. Right. Um, so, you know, you're averaging 4 or 5% from mm. such, a, such a high growth and, yeah. and expensive company. So um, recent earnings expectations actually missed uh, analyst expectations for the first time. In, in that five to 10 year period as well. So even the analysts that are, um, just have a hold on it are starting to get it wrong. Right. So I think this might be actually one of the cases where if you're looking at a five to 10 year um, sort of time frame, it's actually the turning point for it. It could potentially mm. be. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's premium will start to come out of it. And that's always the concern with these high growth right. um, healthcare stocks is yeah. once that premium goes, it's got a long way to come back. And uh, yeah, I think it might be the case with Cochlear here being a premium service as well. Right. Um, something like a ResMed is, is a lot better option. So no for you, no. Um, Rosman. Yeah. Rosman. Um, Carl, what do you think of Cochlear? Uh, I don't like it all that much. Now, it's just uh, because I can, uh, I just looked through every chart in the healthcare sector, the ASX listed healthcare sector, while Josh was talking. Now there's 170 stocks. Wow. So I literally just looked through 170 charts and I can tell you that there is one that I would be prepared to buy because the question is, you know, should we be looking at healthcare? And the one I would buy, which looks amazing, is Antares. Uh, let me find the chart of that. Uh, but that, that's, that's, that's it. So AVR is the ticket code. Looks amazing. I think it's a straight up buy. Uh, Cochlear is, does not fall into that category of right. technicals. We've got, you know, a short-term downtrend, long-term downtrend, low peaks and troughs. The candles aren't very nice. All those things I don't want to see. Um, when I did look at the fundamentals, I saw some reasonable growth, but again, it's about what you're paying for that growth. So about you know sort of 10 to 12 percent growth over the next few years, which is great, of course. You know if you can get that at a reasonable price, you're paying about 40 times earnings for Cochlear, which you've always done that to be fair. Um, but I just can't see it. So we've got a fair value target of around about you know sort of 195 to 200, uh, depending on how generous I am with my target PE. Uh, and on that basis, there's probably not a whole lot in it either on the technicals and the fundamentals. So I go pass on Cochlear, but bonus okay. buy on AVR and Terrace. Okay. And the rest of the sector, by the way, are almost exclusively long term downtrends. Oh, wow. Uh, and Terrace, um, I've just looked, looked it up now, in Terrace Technologies, is it? Yeah, wow. Uh, it ha ABR. has Yeah, it has had uh, a big run. Um, next one, we're going uh, back to the, the speculative mining sector and uh, uh, um, Nate wants a view on Diatreme Resources, um, a mineral and um, basically a mineral sands explorer here in Australia. 
Uh, yes, no, I love my specky miners, Koshi. It's uh, my bread and butter, you know, born and bred over here in WA. I tell you what, no, I've, I've been trading shares since I was about six, 16 years old, back in the, the early 90s, Koshi. I'm sure not far off you in terms of our ages. Um, but I tell I you what. I you're being very kind there, Carl, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but I, look, I used to go down as a teenager. I used to go down to the uh, the ASEX building there on How, in Howard Place, and they had a bunch of um, terminals uh, just outside uh, the, the ASEX there where you'd punch in your code. And I used to latch on to any of the, the crusty old traders down there. They probably weren't that old, but they looked old to me. And I, you know, I'd ask for tips. I'd say, you know, what, what are you looking at? What, what do you reckon? And I tell you what, Koshi, I was down in, you know, in, at the, the Perth ASX. I was never short of a hot little mining stock to go look at down at the ASICs. <laughs> <I couldn't see. laughs> and I don't think I ever got one good tip, to be honest. Um, but anyway, that's that's all background. I, I like I like Tyatrine uh, on the chart. It looks amazing. Oh, wow. This is actually one of my favourite charts at the moment right now. I've been tweeting about it for for, for quite a while, and it, look, it's doing well. It's still bottom left, top right. So I'm happy to stick with it on the on the basis of the technicals. In terms of what they do, it's basically sand. It's just fancy sand, Koshi silica sand. But that said, of course, you need to use it in uh, glass manufacturers. Uh, so we've got uh, electronics industries, your construction industries. But yeah, if you're in this sort of business, you know the number one thing you want to promote is the is, is its use in um, solar panels, of course. I mean, why would you talk about anything else? So, you know, if you'd really squint, it's got that sort of um, green potential as well. But I do think they'll get to mine. You know, they're, they're fairly, um, you know, fairly progressed in doing that, probably around about 2024. It's, you know, it's a substantial deposit. It's right next to the largest silica mine in the, in the world, which is owned by Mitsubishi. Huh? And they've been producing for about 30 years. So it's got all the, you know, all of the um, infrastructure and logistics are close by. 23 year mine life, so long mine life. Net present value, um, at a very conservative price of silica, to be fair, of 358 million market cap of 118. They've got a bit of money in the bank as well. Um, so it's all looking pretty good to me in terms of um, the uh, fundamentals, the, you know, both near term and longer term uh, and the chart as well. So look, generally how it works is nobody knows about these things. Um, and then everybody knows about these things. And I think, uh, you know, and obviously the thing goes up and then you might get a, a bit of a, a pullback like the lithium stocks when yep. well, everybody knows about it and we're waiting for production. But I think this is early stage. I think this is the awakening where people are starting to realise mm. what this thing can do. So I'm fine. Okay. Josh? Yeah, I agree. There's not much um, you can really um, look for in this company apart from uh, the technicals and I guess some of the um, tailwinds coming from the federal government. So. As uh, Carl mentioned, it's it's primarily used in the solar uh, solar power manufacturing, and uh, the federal government recently put it on the critical minerals list. Ah. Um, so that's maybe what's supporting the stock. But very early stage, they made about twenty four grand last year in revenues, so um, very early in production yet. Um, but it is definitely creeping higher. In the last month, it's up about a hundred percent. Um, or thereabouts. So um, they recently had to respond to an ASX query, basically a speeding ticket for rallying so hard on no news. Um, so I w definitely wouldn't be uh, wanting to sell this one. They've mentioned that uh, on the back of that speeding ticket that a third party is potentially looking at becoming a pretty large oh, holder right. in their okay. company. So maybe a bit of speculation or maybe a bit of you know, loose lips um, coming out that they may be getting bought out. So um, definitely wouldn't want to miss out on that in such a high growth opportunity like this. So it's definitely be a hold. Uh, however, given that you've already had the move of about 100%, probably right. wouldn't be buying so it just, just at this a hold. stage. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting though, these stocks, what do we have on the, um, the other week? Sunrise mm. Energy, mm. with its um, cobalt mine yep. um, in New South Wales. Yep, yep. Uh, and we had the, uh, I think you mentioned it, Carl, or it was from a viewer yeah. and you're talking about, and we had the chief executive on the next day. I, I uh, caught that interview, yeah, and that was a good interview and uh, he answered all my questions. I'm really happy with Sunrise. Of course, the chart's taking a bit of a hit, but keep an eye yes. on that one. Yeah, and yeah. because it's getting government yeah. funding, government debt funding yeah. for the same reasons as diatremes yeah. well, everyone's, have the interest uh, in energy, critical industries. Yeah, everyone's energies, uh, energy costs are, are going up from, from the government yeah. uh, in like three of the states um, come July 1st. We recently did uh, private private raising for a solar farm company and oh. um, definitely like the subsector, so, right. solar power. It's obviously the way okay. to go moving forward. So, yeah, happy All to right. this one. Um, Josh Kenja wants a view on brain chip. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Um, um, 
again, relatively uh, quiet on on the news front, mm -hmm. um, uh, but investors have been offloading it. Share prices had quite a fall as well over recent times. Mm. Yeah, and sticking with the sort of speculative play, look, this is a massive company, but it's still speculative. Yeah. Um, their revenues are not there. Actually, um, sort of covered it pretty in-depth last time we're on, and nothing's really changed too much from that. But, yeah, very limited uh, sort of revenues for, I guess, the, the company that it's in. I'd definitely classify this as a bull market stock. Right. Um, very much a, a trade the technicals, you know, rather than the fundamentals more so. So... Um, I think if, if we do go into, um, you know, sort of that sustained uh, lack of bull market, let's call it, yep. um, you know, this, this type of name is, is not one that's going to be very buoyant <laughs> with that movement. So, Excuse me. Um, yeah, look, I'd, I, I couldn't buy it, definitely not as an investment. Um, and look, I know it's pulled back, but I'd still probably reiterate a sell on it yep. um, unless the market comes roaring back from here and, and doesn't take a breather. That's the only case in which I'd look to hold it. And it earns under a million dollars a quarter. Yeah, it's uh, extremely so not, small. Not yeah. huge revenues, no, is not it? not at all. Um, Carl, how's the chart look like on, on Brainchip? Yeah, not not great. Uh, <laughs> look, it, had, you know, it was the market darling. It was one of the most traded, talked about uh, in chat rooms yep. and social media stocks of uh, of 2021 um and and as josh said look it's a momentum play and i think that's the way you need to look at this one because you can't go and say oh well it's going to earn this over this many years and it's got a pe of this and therefore it should be valued at, at you know at, at that uh, that that's not what this story is so for people who don't know what they do they've got this um really you know cutting edge uh computer processor chip uh, that thinks like a human brain. So it's all about artificial intelligence and uh, doing a lot of the analysis in the chip rather than having to consult other areas of the computing uh, universe, as it were. Um, so it's it's very early stages. The, the, co the company, uh, they, they think they've got something, they're pretty sure it works, but it's about sort of shipping um, these components out to uh, uh, various partners to test them, uh, get a lot of data back, um, you know, prove that that there is a commercial case for there, and create an environment where um, the world wants to own these own these chips, put these chips in in everything, right? Uh, so that's how early it is, uh, and therefore, uh, when things are very early, you do run the risk as an investor of being stuck in something that sounded good. Uh, let's face it, the story is just as good, but the price has changed. And that's a real risk, especially in this sort of market. And if this is, I'm going to say anything that's important today, it's, it's to viewers, don't get stuck in these hot stories that then yep. just go a bit cold. Yep. Um, because you look at that chart, you know, um, this is one, I, again, I tweeted about it uh, in November at about 50 cents because it came up as a, uh, on the scan. And then it was one of my most featured um, charts until January. And then it just stopped going on the list. And there's there's your, you know, right there, yeah. you know, you should bang, you know, that's it, this party's over. Um, if, and I know a lot of people are in this, it's so popular. My concern is, it's a bit like Novonics, I talked about that last week on the uh, technical analysis show, um, they can go down for a long period of time because you've created a lot of accumulated profits, you've created a lot of dead wood. But by that, by accumulated profits, I mean, it started, let's say zero, it's got a massive hero. So there's still a lot of people that have had, held it for years that are still on lots of profits that they don't mind selling at this price, you know, 90 cents. It's still fantastic for them. That's yep. not good for you if you got in at $2, yep. all right? Yep. Um, the other thing is you've got a lot of dead wood. So a lot of people who know they've made a mistake and they're just waiting for it to bounce so that they can get out, take that money and go do something better with it. So you've got lots of supply, lots of latent supply, and until they continue to announce some good stuff, and I don't know when that's going to be, very little demand. And that is a great environment for prices to go down. Okay. All right. So if, you, if you've been in it for a while, would you sell it? Because uh, it's going to go nowhere why, for a while. Probably. Yeah. What, right. what, why not? I, I can't see anything in the chart to suggest to me that you would own it. So if you wouldn't own it, then then you would therefore sell it okay. and do something better with that money. Now, having yep. said that, Koshi, the risk is I say that and then tomorrow they announce something brilliant and up it goes. <laughs> but then the chart will change and then yep. so will my opinion. Okay. Um, uh, Carl, Marty wants a view of Australian agricultural company. We oh, started yes. started the show with rice growers. Uh, let's turn ourselves to the beef market. Yeah, a good friend of mine's been buying this one, Koshi. Um, he's taken, what's he up to now? About 17% uh, or something crazy. I'm talking about Andrew Harris, of course. Yep. 
Gosh. Um, he, so he uh, took out um, Paul Hodge's court, actually. So it's, yep. uh, and, and, and who, apart who, from that, who started got, it, didn't he? He put it together. Who, well, he started getting, yeah, he started getting into it. Yeah. Um, but then, then I looked it up then. This uh, Joe Lewis, I've never heard of him, but uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs owner owns 48% of the company. So it's like yeah. a who's who of uh, billionaires. And, that, and, of course, and that, that was only security. recently too. Yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah, but you know, but look at look at who's who's on the register. So there's something going on here in that. Well, um, you know, the world needs beef. Mm. Uh, it owns a huge amount of land in Australia, and you know, we all got to eat, and land's valuable. So um, look, apart from that, that's very top level stuff. Apart from that, look, they do they do make money. They're on about trading about ten times earnings. Um, they've got a lot of tailwinds behind them uh, as we come out of the pandemic, and. Yeah, I mean the chart looks amazing. So again, yeah. one of my most um, CEO in fact, is probably just, the CEO's just stepped down. Is that a you're right? You're right. It's no no reason. They just no. said, look, you know, thanks for your time. Yeah. Um, so I wonder. Oh, look, oh, yeah, that's very. What do you what do you make of that? I'm going to ask you a question, Koshi. Is, is, is there a, is there a, is there a um, takeover? Like, does it, it not agree what's happening? Or yeah, and I think these, you know, when, when you attract big billionaires onto your. Uh, onto your board, uh, it sort of changed the makeup of the board and it's yeah. often is around personalities, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, less about op operations, yes. which operations are on the right track. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And beef prices yeah. are huge at the moment. Um, yeah. They've, so, they've had a good year or two. Yeah, but look, look at the charts. The bottom left, top right, I, yeah. I, you know, do that daily shortlist. This has been on that shortlist almost every day for about six months. It's, right. It is the most shortlisted stock in, in terms of my technicals over that time. Right. Um, I, long story short, if you own it based upon any of my recommendations, absolutely, you would hold it. If you don't own it, geez, it's had a good run, but the, it still looks amazing, so I'm going to go buy anyway. Right, okay. Josh? Um, I agree with the, the hold slash buy, maybe more on the hold side, I, th I think. Right. Um, interestingly enough, with the CEO resigning, stock seems to be up. So yes. I guess that's, that's the main thing, the easiest thing that we can look at in terms of the share price. But again, it's had a, it's had a really stellar year. Um, operating profit was up like 105%. Um, you know, they own Australia's largest uh, cattle herd and uh, it's actually Australia's uh, largest, large, uh, sorry, um, largest oldest, oldest continue. Uh, right. Yeah, la largest landowner, about 1% yeah. of Australia. It's it and Kidman are the two big ones. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. They're also the oldest company that we've got here in Australia. So, yeah, yeah interesting. If you're off yeah. the track record, it's definitely got that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they've uh, had, had a big uptick. They had a bit of slower volume, but the uh, uptick in Wagyu prices really made up for that so they're continuing on again the question we posed at the at the first stock was you know how many agricultural stocks can you have in your portfolio i'd be more inclined to have this one over something like a rice oh, grower right um you know it seems like the the business is doing the right things as well they reduced their costs um, by about six percent which you know, it's really good move from management. Uh, maybe it's a new management now, as, as of about half an hour ago. But, uh, you know, you often see when, when times are good, management just look to increase costs yep. and they just run with that market. But if companies can, you know, be prudent in, in those good times, um, then companies, especially like this in, in the agricultural space, they'll do really well through the bad times as well. So, okay. yeah, I'd definitely be happy to hold this one as one of the better agricultural stocks. Um, very quite elevated, so I wouldn't be on the buy side just at the moment. Okay. All right. And our final stock, uh, Josh Henry wants a view on Horizon, Australia's biggest rail freight operator, um, and big in, basically runs um, the Queensland coal network in yep. terms of getting coal, coal to port. Yeah. Look, I think it's a good company for a pure dividend play. And, and that's what the company say that they, they're looking to deliver. It's, it's not going to be a high capital growth play at all. Um, you know, they're seeming to bottom out after a bit of a three-year downtrend. Um, dividend yield can be a little bit inconsistent, however, so that's important to keep in mind. Uh, their last report, they reduced their dividend um, well, by about 27%, but that missed expectations even even, right. even more so. So uh, that was because they did acquire um, a new railway, one railway. But unfortunately, the ACCC stepped in and said, well, 
you can buy that asset, but you have to get rid of another one. You can't have too much right. of a control and a monopoly over that. They obviously chose to go gone rail, so they clearly they think it's a better asset, but it wasn't wasn't as good as you know what they would have liked it to have been. Um, if you're looking at, you know, it seems relatively cheap in terms of a forward PE and trailing PE, those sort of metrics. Um, you know, their company management is still looking to, you know, be that attractive long-term dividend play. Um, so if you're looking to buy just purely for dividends, it's something that's fairly, fairly, um, you know, defensive. They're going to be shipping a lot of coal mainly, which is obviously going to still continue to be in demand um, by force. So I think this one is a buy for dividends, if, if that's okay. what you're after. All right. Defensive, a buy if you want defensive stock and dividends. Yeah. Um, one of, owns one of the largest coal rail networks in the world, um, over two and a half thousand kilometres um, and links roughly 50 mines with three major ports in Queensland. Um, a lot of people, Carl, would think, oh, an infrastructure play, would super funds be interested? But then you put the ESG <laughs> <laughs> full driver <laughs> and no, nah, not this one. <laughs> no, not this one. Uh, yeah, ordinarily so. But yeah, what, what a great way to top and uh, tail today's yep. show. Obviously, we talked about what was happening with Queensland Coal uh, yep. and, and this is the company that takes all that coal we talked about at the start of the show and, and gets it to port. Um, look, a couple of other good things uh, that uh, wasn't in Josh's summary, which is fantastic. Um, a lot of their um, prices that they charge are linked to CPI as well so that's great for them uh, but yeah i mean the, the chart was looking pretty warm it's just one of those slow and steady ones so it's it's not you know it's got to fall into that category of well i can see a, a, a good business there um it's just just not that exciting for me uh, so we're talking about you know three to five percent growth but trading at around about 13 times earnings i just don't think that connects well um the chart is okay not great i, I can see reasons to hold this koshi but i can't get to a buy okay all right and um, uh, interesting, I looked up your uh, Antares Technologies in the healthcare sector. Um, yep. It specialises in design and production of heart valve and tissue yes. products. Um, yep. And have a look at it. Is, yeah, in stage four trials for uh, one of its new products going through. So maybe the market's picking up on uh, what the results of those trials are. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we might get the uh, the chief executive on as part of our small caps segment and follow that yes. up. So good tip. Please do. Uh, Carl Kapalinga from uh, from Think Markets. Always great to catch up, mate. Thank you kindly. Thanks, Goshi. Had lots of fun today. Uh, catch yeah. you later. And Josh from Macro. Good to Thanks. see you, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thanks it. for joining us. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Cochlear, uh, a no from both uh, Josh and Carl, Josh prefers ResMed. Uh, Carl, as we were talking to, and Terrace Technologies, if you want to be in that healthcare sector. Uh, Diatream, a buy from um, uh, from Carl, a hold from uh, from Josh. Uh, both of them have a sell on brain chip. Um, AAK, Australian Agriculture, um, a hold tending, if, you, if you're in it, certainly from both Josh and, um, and Carl, uh, if you're looking to get in, the chart still looks good, according to Carl, and he has it as a, a buy. Um, a rise and a, um, a yes from Josh, if you want a defensive stock that pays good dividends. And um, for a lot of people with their self-managed super funds, um, that's what, exactly what they're looking for. So a buy if you're that sort of investor and a no from Carl. Uh, that's all we have time for for the uh, the call today. If uh, you've got any stocks that you want us to take a look at, put them in an email to us. The call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, fantasy portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. The call returns tomorrow, midday Eastern. See you then. <laughs>